All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Talk of Champions, where we talk all things Tide, all things Tuscaloosa. You name it, we talk it. I'm Chad Jeter. Alongside me is my co-host, Julia Smith. And we're coming at you fresh and hot out of quarantine with the big Rona. Tell me about it, Julia. That's right, Chad. We're excited to get this podcast for all the students, fans of the Crimson Tide, our alumni, everybody associated with the University of Alabama. We got you covered on what's happening in Tuscaloosa. But without further ado, what are we talking about today, Chad? How are we starting this thing? Well, considering this is our first episode, Julia, I believe an introduction is in order. So, like I said before, my name is Chad Jeter. I am from the great state of Alabama. I am a lifetime Alabama fan, junior, or no, I'm not even a junior anymore. I'm You're a senior, senior now. now. We are both seniors now, that's right. No way. We both study news media here at the University of Alabama. We enjoy every second of it, all the life, everything there is to love about the University of Alabama. Yeah, well, unlike Chad, I wasn't always screaming Roll Tide. I'm actually from Detroit, Michigan. Well, Macomb, Michigan, for the people that know, but majority people just know Michigan with Detroit. Um, I'm a news media major. I love Alabama, and I've come to learn a lot of great things about this state. And actually, yeah, me and Chad both are news media majors, like he said. And we always talked about having a podcast and we decided what would we best what would what would be our podcast what would it be about and I think we came up with the talk of champions but I think you know you guys will get to know us along the way but that's a pretty good start so we're gonna jump right into it and I think what I really want to talk about is game day yeah Alabama UA confirming college football season is, a, is happening. That's right. The president, Stuart R. Bell, came out the other day and actually stated that the University of Alabama plans on having um, instructional courses in the classroom and a college football season in the fall. So we are all looking forward to that. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of differences that we're going to see on game day. Um, there's going to be a lot of questions to ask. A lot of questions to ask. What are some questions you can think of, Julia? Oh, wow. Because you have all the answers. Yeah. You do? Um, my question is, is like, well, for me, when I came down, because for those of you who haven't known, we all have been quarantining, I guess. But in Alabama, I guess you guys really don't know what quarantining means down here. Yeah, we've uh, we've been taking it a little, uh, a little lighter than other places. Well, yeah. Well, I was, well, I guess you can't call it quarantining. I was self-isolating for 10 weeks. And then I came back here and I was... You know, the first thing I did was, like, go to the gas station and put my gloves, put my mask, pretty much a whole hazmat suit, just to get out of my car. And I'm like, nobody's taking this seriously. So my guess is, is football is definitely happening. But here's my question. What about if other schools say now? How are we going to have a game? We're going to have nobody to play against. Well, I mean, I think it's like that tweet we saw the other day where they were saying that this is kind of all in the SEC's hands. Um, If the SEC wants to have a football well obviously we don't know how it's going to happen now just yet but if the sec were to say that we're all going to have college football then i mean honestly it's it's in our court the sec will have a football season and they will crown a champion in that conference right it's it's going to be an interesting one i'm interested i'm intrigued to see how it goes because personally i don't think the big 10 is really thinking about having a season as much as Nick Saban or the whole SEC is. But, you know, Tuscaloosa, University of Alabama thrives off of game day. 
I mean, for those of you are, who have been to Alabama or know about it, our whole quad, like our school starts setting up for games on Thursday. Yep. And the amount of people that come and we have like a lot of older alumni. So are we going to see that crowd of people? Are, are students going to be like, are we even going to have a season where what we is, watch? What or? is what is tailgating going to be like? You know, yeah. is everybody going to have to keep their distance? Like what, what's the deal? Well, that's true. Yeah. I mean, you could keep distance. Are there going like to be less? Your... Are going to be less tense on the quad? Like, yeah. I don't know. who knows? I mean, it, it actually, you know, let's not forget also that, um, that all these schools with big football programs have been approved by the NCAA to come back to school and practice yeah. starting on June first. Well, also think about it now. Like, all of the bars are open. All the bars are open. And I think that if we're starting now, only the capacity could increase more. Right. So, like, right now we're at half capacity, but if they, if, like, the cases are still staying down, they can increase that and be ready for game day. But it's going to be really hard to get in. It's yeah. gonna, I think it's just going to be a lot less people, but are we going to see people in the stadium? I bet you we do see people in the stadium, but I, right now don't think that we will have 100,000 people in that stadium in the fall, to mm. start off at least. My thing is, is... Or, actually, it could be the opposite of that. It could be we start off at 100,000 and then we slowly diminish. Why is that? Because, I, don't, I mean, what if a couple cases pop up after a big mm. Bama game, you know? I don't know. Yeah. Some people might get some ideas and things might have to change. Well, let's just paint a different scenario here. What if we've got a season with an empty stadium... Mm. how is the crimson tide gonna how how like don't they need a little bit of motivation from people in the stands yeah, and i think i mean that just goes that goes back to what people are willing to risk you know i think people are willing to risk their life for the for tide, the tide. <laughs> yeah, for sure yeah at least i mean if they're dying they're dying for the tide i mean like i'm thinking about these girls right here you know well you guys aren't really wearing masks but I was like, all these boutiques down here are going to be selling really trendy masks to go with their game day outfits. Absolutely. I can see that <laughs> happening. I can definitely see that happening. You know, they're and, I mean, everything. while you while you were talking about earlier that you were in a 10-week self-isolation down here, we had, I think I stayed in my house for two, maybe three weeks. But like, even then... I still was going to the store and buying stuff. Like, well, yeah. Obviously, the government officials were saying you can go do anything you need, essentially, but just like be careful. Like, I, literally, I'm not even kidding you. Like, no one was wearing gloves. Like, it was just like a, a mask. Like, yeah. Masks. I, was I like, mean, like maybe they're gonna make us wear masks, but are we gonna might. have security guards checking everybody's temperature? Mm. That that's would, gonna be a lot that would be a lot but but i, mean, I think we are usually done on hot days so yeah that might be a little uh, that's true it's untested it's untested oh god well i think we covered a lot of scenarios in that area yeah that, game, days, else? game days overall are gonna be interesting to see how things are gonna change Inter interesting to see what the university if the university puts anything in place to sort of p keep people safe distances or keep people just overall healthy because they don't want to be the reason that a coronavirus case pops up or a couple coronavirus cases or a lot of coronavirus cases. Who knows? Hmm. Next up today, um, we got the quarterback talk. Mm. We are going in depth on who we think is going to be starting, when, they're th when we think they're going to be starting, and just the whole situation 
as of right now. So, But wait, we cannot talk about the new quarterback without talking about the previous quarterback. Fair enough. Fair Our Tua. Oh, God, here we go. Tunga Our beloved. Vailoa. Our beloved. Tua Tunga Vailoa. And you know what? Let's give him a quick shout out. Congratulations, Tua. As you guys all know, he's on the Dolphins. Yep. And he'll be wearing number one come this come this uh How do you think he's gonna do? This upcoming NFL season. How do I think he's gonna do? Um I think I think he'll perform well. Um under whatever system it is they run, I feel like he can adapt to his surroundings very well. Um, he's obviously a very talented player. He's got a very talented arm. He can do a lot of things with it. So I think off the bat, he'll perform well. But like a lot of people worry, um, he is kind of injury prone. And we've obviously seen that here in the past couple of years at Alabama. So it'll be, it, it'll be, I don't know. It, it kind of will have people on the edge of their seats, I feel like. Um, I feel like everybody's going to be just hoping and praying in Miami that Tua does not break a bone, tear a ligament, something along, like just something compared, or something similar to what he's suffered in the past. Well, you know what? I'm What I'm curious about is like, okay, he broke his ankle two years ago, broke his hip last year. He's obviously getting ready and... The NFL has faith in him. They got him, gave him a nineteen million signing bonus, so that's a lot. Yeah. But um, there's yeah. nothing like preparing on the field with adrenaline. Yeah. The only other thing, teams. That's the only thing. All he can do is exercises that will prevent him from future injuries, such as you know ACL tears. Um, I'm sure you can strengthen your ligaments by doing exercise yeah. and stuff like that. He's, I mean, he's probably getting the best training in the game. I'm yeah. not gonna. Deny and what that. was what was his last injury? It was what it was like a fractured Hit. pelvic pelvic wall or something like that. I think it was so. something odd. He fractured. I think he fractured the wall of his pelvis. I think because that's, that's it was. normal. No, it was obviously very normal or very unordinary. Un- 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 um, he pretty much got tackled in the full force of a defensive lineman drove his knee and entire leg just into the ground and I guess just that sheer force and pressure just completely cracked his shell, his pelvic wall. So, Jeez. <laughs> and with that being from an SEC defensive lineman, he's now transferring that into the NFL where everyone is as big as a defensive lineman in the SEC, if not bigger. So, he's really going to have to try to avoid as many tackles and avoid as much contact as possible and just try to play his game and play smart um, just in, get the job done pretty much in Miami. That's all he has to really do. Obviously, like Julia said, he did get a $19 million signing bonus. So yeah. they obviously have confidence in what he can do. And we just, like I, uh, like I said earlier, they're just got to, they in Miami just got to hope and pray that Tua Tungavailoa stays healthy through as many NFL seasons as possible. Well, I think he's taking it seriously, but on the brighter side, First big purchase he made with that nice little bonus what was, was he bought his mom a brand new car. That's right, he bought that was Escalade, pretty cool. Was it a suburban or an Escalade? It was an Escalade. Or was uh, it a, is it a Cadillac? Wait. Cadillac is an Escalade. Oh, <laughs> or Escalade is a Cadillac. Whoops. But I mean, we can't keep going on and just say that Tua was the only one drafted to the NFL. We have Jarek Wills Jr., Henry Ruggs the third. 
Wait, I want to pause really quick. That was the cutest thing when he got transferred. He was in that robe. He was, like, so emotional. He was in his Old Spice robe looking all swagged out. That was really cool. I actually was in a class with Henry Ruggs the third, but we called him the third. It was it was actually really interesting. Yeah. But, no, he was a really cool dude. Real humble. Um, it, Yeah, he was really nice. So yeah, I'm sure, I'm really if you haven't heard by now, Henry Ruggs has an incredible story. You know, he... Yes. His entire story growing up, how he's come to where he is now is... It's a good one. It's definitely worth. And did you even know into. that he was like an amazing basketball player? He did. Like he amazing. Was an amazing basketball player. Him and his best friend, who is the Passed reason away, that he yeah. holds up the three after his touchdown celebration. I'm not going to go into that much depth on it. I'm pretty sure all you really. listening know about that already. Yeah. But if not, you guys can find that. But other than him, we got Jared Judy playing for the Broncos. Xavier McKinney. That's it. Yeah, McKinney, New York Giants. Trayvon Diggs, Dallas Cowboys. Raekwon Davis, Miami Dolphins. Okay, so he'll be suing Tua on the field and Terrell Lewis with the Los Angeles Rams and Rams and have you ever heard Anthony of Jennings? Anthony Jennings. He played defensive end, number thirty-three. Yes. Whoops. <laughs> All right, as you guys are gonna get to know that I'm just an early fan of uh, football or any sport at this rate, but I'm learning and I'm loving it. So. All right now. Enough talk about Tua. Let's talk about the quarterback situation at the University of Alabama. Yeah, the, our main concern. Right off the bat, right. I think it is important to include that Talia Tungavailoa is no longer in the running for starting quarterback at the University of Alabama as he has officially transferred to the University of Maryland. I think it was like maybe a day or two he was in the transfer portal. Um, he then Maryland tweeted and posted some things on their Instagram saying like, welcome Talia to the family, yada, yada, you know, all, all the colleges do when they welcome a new transfer. But, um, in my opinion, I think that was, I think that was the best move for him. Um, I don't think that he was going to see much time at all this year, especially with our brand new five-star recruit Bryce Young coming in, who's the number, who was the number one dual threat out of high school in the 2019 class. Um, so I, I like I said, I think that was the best move for him. I think he'll actually, you know, see the field in Maryland. He's actually he is a talented player. Don't get me wrong, he's a very talented player. I just think that um, knowing Nick Saban and his moves. Um, I think he's 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 looking for he's looking for people that are like you know they they want to win and I feel yeah. like Mac Jones obviously he's got a little chip on his shoulder. Um, Bryce Young comes from one of the winningest high school football programs in the country, so he obviously loves to win and hates to lose, and I think honestly that'll be one of the um, key factors that will make or break Bryce Young. But yeah, so Talia he's out. Talia's out. I'm gonna be honest. I don't think he could follow his brother. No, I don't think he'll. No, uh, yeah. If he's not going to the University of Alabama and starting like to, like Tua did, he's not. Mm -hmm. gonna, he's not going to live up to the standard to say. Yeah. But I do think he will perform well at Maryland in the Big Ten. Right. I do. Yeah. So, but, um, but I mean, yeah, we should move on with. Um, so we got Talia out of the possibilities, but we also have Jones. Mac Jones yep. from Jacksonville. He played for us last year in when we lost our Tua to a hip yes, injury. Mac Jones, he's from Jacksonville, Florida. He went to actually a very 
good football program out of the state of Florida called Bowles School. I think it's not Bowles High School. I think it's just Bowles School. Um, but, yeah, he was a four-star recruit coming out of high school. He, you know, like Julia said, he came in when Tua got hurt last year with his fractured pelvic wall. And, um, you know, he actually – he didn't do terrible. He, you know – I feel like the whole school – I remember everybody was nervous. Everybody for him on the field. They were everyone's like, nervous for him. He, I'm sure he's nervous himself, and it he showed. Knew, he wasn't you know? ready for it. He, he was it like, showed. He, 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 you know, he struggled here and there, but he also got the job done. You know, Nick Saban likes him as a player, likes him as a leader for sure, and it'll be really, really interesting to see how he starts this upcoming football season off. Here's my theory. What's your theory? All right. Put it this way. We've got Young at modern day, number one recruit coming in for the Crimson Tide. Mm -hmm. Um, He's going to be the same story as Tua. Mac Jones is Jalen. He played, but he's better. So he's going to be our starter is this guy. Young. He's number one because I think it's just going to come down to how well he performs beforehand and California, where See, he's my, coming yeah. from, it's it's already competitive, so he can handle that. It it's not the stress level of being on a college team. Yes, it's an honor. Yeah, it's it's hard, but and you've got a huge name and legacy to put on your back. But I just feel like he can handle it, and I think they need somebody like that right now because we just I don't know how few people are feeling how we're gonna do this season. See, yeah, I, the point I'm trying to make is Bryce Young, you know, the the thing I think that puts him up, sets him apart from most is, you know, he comes from modern day. He comes from mm-hmm. a team that's used to playing on a national stage. You know, they've played on ESPN multiple times just against other big high school programs. So he, he hates to lose, you know, and that's going to make or break him. I think if... If he gets a chance to play, he is going to make the most of it. And the thing I think is going to happen, here's my call on the Alabama quarterback situation. I believe, obviously, Nick Saban is going to start Mac Jones beginning of the season. Trusts Mm -hmm. him the most. He has the most game experience. Bryce Young, however, has been here for a semester. He's been here as an early enrollee for this entire spring semester, getting reps in with Mm. the team. You know, so I think that was also one of the reasons Talia left, is he probably saw Bryce Young's right. potential, and he was like, dang, honestly, TBH, I'm not gonna don't really think I'm going to play over one of these guys. So, Nick Saban, my call, starts Mac Jones to begin the season, but here's my twist. My twist is we play Georgia game three of the season, here in Tuscaloosa. So, I think Mac Jones is going to struggle against Georgia. I think he will. Mm. And I think at halftime or somewhere in that game, Bryce Young gets his chance and he makes the most of it, becomes a starting quarterback happily ever after. Bryce Young's our QB1. That's what I think. That's what you think. That's what I think. Bryce Young, by game four or five in the regular season, will be starting for the University of Alabama. Mark my words. Well, I know. You heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. Yeah. On the talk of champions from the mouth of Charles Edward Jeter. He's trying to put his full name in there. 
But, uh, yeah, so I think I think we covered that. I don't think really, like, at this point, I don't care who starts. I just want to be in the stands. Absolutely. I at that be, game. Yeah. Because let's not forget, you guys, we just installed those really cool lights. That cost us 11 or 14. Somewhere between ten and a fifteen million. A big chunk, a big chunk of money. Somewhere between ten and fifteen million. Not to mention that right now there's a hundred million dollar renovation <laughs> going on the stadium yes. that is being overtaken by coronavirus. Yeah, that that's we we're kind of a hot mess right now. We are a hot mess down here in Tuscaloosa, ladies and gentlemen. We are a hot hot mess. And I think this is a perfect transition into our first news story of the day. And. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where my expertise comes in. You probably are like, this girl is just letting Chad take over the whole show, but you're wrong. Not so fast. (laughs) All right, you guys, last night around, I would say, 9 o'clock, would you say? Uh, It was 9. Well, he wasn't really here, but... (laughs) I was on the way here. He was on the way here because we were getting ready to do this podcast, but... Everybody that was in the Tuscaloosa area got a public safety alert. You know, those annoying, like, really scary noises. And this is what it says, you guys. (laughs) Escaped inmate seen in your area. White male, 6'2", 180 pounds, brown hair, facial tattoos, call 911. Okay. Funny fact. Pause. 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 It wasn't just one. Let's just take a moment. Let's just take a moment. it, It was three of them. That pops up on your screen. You're automatically frightened. You're just like shook, I, yeah, shaken, whatever it is. You're like, holy shit. I literally <laughs> called you on the way. I was like, can you just stay on the phone with me? Because I was in the apartment by myself and I was like, oh my God. There's a prison. They're going to come. There's an escaped fugitive in my area. Well, when does this ever happen? This Has this ever happened? Happens. I mean... You you only see TV shows and movies about people that escape jail, you know? You don't really see it much. Obviously, most of those movies and TV shows are done in, you know, the little high-security high prisons with a big old plan. I, want, I really am interested to see how these three inmates Where'd, I want to know where they found them. I so, did they escape the Tuscaloosa jail? Is that, is that what it was? It was All right, like, let, me, let me give you some information. Yeah, let's get some information um, on the matter. My information is brought to you in part by when I find it. We're gonna, we're gonna um, pause this right here. Like, how do you just let three men Hold on stroll now. on by and say, "Hey guys, we're just gonna go for a little walk. We're gonna go. We're just gonna we gonna peace out this jail." <laughs> Local. Like, what? How does that work? How, is there like no security? All right. So this information is brought to you by Alabama.com. Two escaped. Crap. You mean AL.com? Isn't AL stand for Alabama? Yeah, but it's just it's called Okay, well, AL.com. Sorry, guys. We got the technical over here. Two escaped Tuscaloosa County Jail inmates recaptured, one still on the run. So that's the current update. Oh, man. Ooh, you guys, we we can't miss them. They've got tattoos all over their face. Oh, yeah. They are... uh, Like a little bit of a Post Malone vibe, but only really beat up. It's like, oh, yeah. You can Uh, tell that they're prisoners. All right, you guys. (laughs) Without... Lack of a better words, you can tell they're prisoners. All right, so update. Two of the three inmates who escaped Saturday from the Tuscaloosa County Jail have been recaptured. Seth Williams and Cameron Newell were taken into custody in the Fultondale area. Wow, so they got from Tuscaloosa to Fultondale in a couple hours. It's not far. I mean, obviously, it's only about an hour. 
Yeah, but how did they get it? What car did they have? They might was it like, a, G- was it like a GTA a moment? They yeah. were like just stealing cars? Yeah, they might have walked out the jail and, you know, beat a baseball bat through a window and said, get the F out the car. And then we got, so continuing, one of them was captured by U.S. Marshals at the hotel. Richard Lancaster remained at large Tuscaloosa County Sheriff. Ron Abernathy said all three escaped through a vent shaft onto the roof. Wow. So that's how it was done. They escaped through. Was it just a, was how it do a, you? Was it a vent like where they all on just like like adjacent cells and they all just climbed into the vent shaft on like night shift or whatever? How big is a vent shaft? Not very big. I mean, <laughs> somehow these three men squeezed through it, but that's crazy. Authorities did not release any information about how or when the escape happened. Okay, so according to the court and jail records. Newell. Is it Newell or Newell? Newell. Newell. I mean, it's whatever. Newell. Newell. 19 and of Northport was arrested in 2019 and indicted in 2021 on a charge of first degree robbery. Mm. All right. So, they, so what, is why that, do I have a feeling they would go? Is that one person or is that all? What were they well, all let's three? keep going. William 27 of Tuscaloosa was arrested January 20th. 20th on charges of burglary, robbery, and drug possession with an intent to distribute and certain person forbidden to possess a firearm. All right, what about all the right. I think we covered them. We got North So they're Fort. all three robbers, pretty much? They're all three, all three rob. All three white males who are between 5 feet 10 inches. All right. So, so we got some dangerous the, men. So or we had some dangerous men, on, dangerous men on the loose. We still got one. Is this kind of crazy, though? I'm like, thank God they're not killers. Yeah, I mean, but they they could, you know. But I mean, it it's kind of sounds like they were after something though. They're specifically the same charge, drugs, robbery. Yeah. I think they were just calling it a day getting out of that vent. Boom. They're they were like, you know what? We see our opportunity. We're going like, we going to utilize it. Ugh, but man. I mean like back to us. Like that's, that seems that's like scary. some purge stuff. That's scary for sure, you know? Like you got 3 Actually, dangerous men on the loose. One still on the loose. Thank God they found two in Fultondale. Where do you think the third is? Just take a wild guess. Where do you think he is? I have a feeling. I bet you. I mean, like he's this is not really... even in the state of Alabama. You think he got that far? Yeah, percent. I bet you he's gone now. That's debatable. What are you just like? <laughs> I'm just trying to crap. S- telling the the future. I guess. I don't know. I'm All just right. Trying to Moving on to the next topic. Moving on to the next topic. All right. I know we already were talking about classes going back next semester for the fall, but the little I want to talk about it a little bit more. We received a message from President Bell on May 22nd, and he was talking about, here's what he said. So the committee is analyzing dozens of elements of returning to in-person instruction and regular business operations, including academic quality, campus life, research, athletics, health and safety, HR issues, and more. We are exploring the most effective ways to implement a number of protocols that will pro- that what? protocols that will promote the health, safety, success, and privacy of each individual member of the campus community. These will include enhancing cleanings, the appropriate use of protective equipment, and potential potential modification of traditional classroom settings, among others. In addition, with guidance from ADPH and the UA System Task Force, we are planning to implement COVID-19 testing and symptom tracking protocols. Hmm. All right, well, let's see what else they're saying. 
She, UA Task Force is developing in partnership with Apple, Google, and ADPH. So this voluntary opt-in tracing tool will allow us to harness technology without sacrificing the privacy of the individuals who use it to slow the spread of COVID-19 so that we can all be safer together. Hmm. So are they cr- trying to create new... So are they partnering with them to like make it more efficient? Like I think I think that kind of has something to do with like how they're starting to put like everybody's action cards on their Apple watches and stuff right. like that. Right. Yeah. I think they're trying to implement technology that's going to bring less like transaction between people. Right. Kind of thing. So from the sounds of it, let's look at this a little bit more in depth. I feel like if I had an instru- like a normal class in a normal lecture hall like I do that is just like asking to spread COVID because I'm just thinking about Reese Pfeiffer 216. Like you're sitting next to hundreds of people and you're not six feet apart by any means. So are they inches apart, if anything. Here's my thing. What if they break those classes into half? Right. And say, all right, your class was from, they're going to redo all the times and put mm. half capacity Every person. Damn, you're gonna start putting. They're gonna have more night classes too. That means they're. I mean, yeah. essentially, if they're cutting times in half, that means they're doubling the class amounts. And here's my other thing: Are they gonna have every student take their temperature before they walk into the door? Probably not. They'll probably do something else, like not even. They'll probably just skip that part and probably have some sort of like distancing or some sort of half class size or something like that. So I don't necessarily. I have not heard this from the word of President Bell. But schools were saying that they were going to cancel out fall break and have the students stay that whole time till Thanksgiving break to minimize the traveling back and forth. Yeah, I can see that. That's but, actually not bad. I, mean, I think it's a good idea. It's a good idea, it but... It sucks. <laughs> it's but like... It's a good idea. Not... I feel like with Alabama, how they're already taking quarantine, not that serious. And I know that, you know, cases are different here than they are up north yes. where I'm from. But people down here have a little bit stronger immune systems than up there. <laughs> okay, that's a tale from another. T- that's a tale for another time. But hey, read the numbers. It's all in the numbers. Well, it's also a different weather too. True. So, um, but I mean, I think that would be more effective. But let's not forget, a good percentage of our school population is from are not the, from here. They're yeah. from the north. They're from all these places that have had the worst of the worst of coronavirus. So they're not going to be able to, you know, go home. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be advised not to go home, but you can't stop that. But I feel like there's going to be, um, places of quarantine, I guess. Have you know, do you know anybody that has had the COVID? Mm -mm. I know a couple people. I know a couple And you said the weather's down here is better? No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. All these people are not from here. Okay. But they are friends of mine that I see every day when I'm in school here. That's crazy. But they've already I had think... it. They've already gotten over it, obviously. They're chilling, I guess. Um, the only person that I know of that had it that I did not come into encounter with at all was this old man, a family friend of ours, and he beat it. Heard that. He beat it. Like, yeah. he was not dying because of that. And See, that's, that also kind of goes back to another thing. Like... Some people think that they've already had COVID and it's been around for months. You know, it's been around longer than we think because obviously, I mean, we don't know how long it was around before the Chinese government finally came out and told us that this could be a problem. So 
I mean, <laughs> I'm, I joke about it, but my mom thinks that she had it when it was like early December because well, she had the yeah. worst cough she said she's ever had in her entire life. And she was like struggling to breathe here and there. She'd have heavy breathing. And she was like, I honestly think that I had COVID-19. And here's December. my other thing. It's like, same thing with you. My dad was sick. A cousin of mine, she was sick, and then someone else they knew, they said I had the same exact symptoms. Like, my dad had a fever for a couple days, couldn't get rid of it, and had a gnarly cough. Gnarly. Gnarly cough. So, I don't know. And then I got, are we going to get into these theories now? Oof. I don't know. I mean. What's yours? uh, I have a couple theories. Me too. But you go, you know what, I'm going to go first. Um, Here are two. One, Bill Gates. Oh, goodness. Nope. Two, okay, I actually have three. (laughs) Two, global warming. Okay. Three, oh, what's my three? I think it's honestly some form of warfare. I'm not going to lie. Wow. So you think coronavirus is man-made in China? Is that what you're telling me? I gotta find some information, but I, I thought listen, that I America. I can see where you're coming from on that now. I, I thought, can see where you're coming from. I thought that America knew about coronavirus a long time ago. No. No, no, no. Let's find out. No. So, I'm. We've all heard similar yet different things. I'm pretty sure all of this started in the wet markets. Mm-hmm. From some infected animal. That had some blood that seeped onto another animal. Kind of sounds like a plague we had a couple I mean, hundreds a of lot years of, ago. A lot of plagues and pandemics and things. Not pandemics, but a lot of infectious viruses start in Wuhan wet markets. Because the reason for that is they're just so unsanitary. Mm-hmm. All the butchering is done in front of you. So there's a ton of blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. Not sanitary Not whatsoever. sanitary at all. Animals, Animal meat is just laying on top of other animals so like i'm pretty sure that's how the like there was an the bat that everyone talks about the quote-unquote bat that someone's Mm -hmm. a man ate a bat no it's not gonna one person eating a bat isn't gonna kill this many people but back to one of my theories well hold on let me finish finish. oh you don't even let me finish well i think it was an infected bat that just it was bleeding and it bled all over some things and some people ate it and that's how the and quote unquote eating of the bat happened okay but boom coronavirus but i mean yes but here's my other thing if we're going to really think about it, didn't someone say that they were going to give America a present 2019? Happy, um, Merry Christmas. I think it was like someone in China. Let me find out. Who who wished us Merry Christmas? We have like a Christmas present for you or a New Year's present. I have no idea. Don't you remember? This was actually kind of interesting. I want to hear about it. Oh, hold on. I've never heard this it. one before. I think I s- I'm trying to remember a, a news headline I read the other day. I think it was I think it was something along the lines of it saying like the possibilities of coronavirus being man-made. And it kind of went into a little bit of depth on it and it was really interesting. Oh, here this one's from North Korea. It says North Korea warns US to prepare for a Christmas gift but no one's sure what to expect. North Korea will send a Christmas gift to the United States, but what's that what 
that present contains will depend on the outcome of ongoing talks between Washington and Pyongyang. A top official has warned. The anonymous comments, and by the way, y'all, this is from y'all. I'm wow. I don't like it. She's from up north, but she said I don't that. like saying it, you guys. CNN. This is from CNN. The ominous comments, which some have interpreted as a sign that North Korea could resume long-distance missile tests, come as a clock ticker closer to the country's self-imposed end-of-the-year deadline for nuclear negotiations. All right. Not so, necessarily a virus. Yeah. But I mean, are we going to... But are we going to take him out of the possibility? Are we going to sit back and act like that Kim Jong-un, who is alive or dead, who knows... <laughs> we don't know. Are we going to sit back and act like Kim Jong Un is innocent? Is innocent and didn't throw a throw a bat in the wet market to say this is one day going to get to America? Well, here's my thing. You look at how <laughs> it spread. It didn't start somewhere in the middle of America. Well, it, it was, was in the ports. So you have Italy, yeah, who's you know receiving those, as well as New York, yep, on the edge. Detroit also a port, yep, um, but also. I think it's areas with terrible air quality. They think about worse it. Worse or what? Think about it. You're saying that how in Milan, Italy, the air quality is terrible. Okay. Think about New York. How much smog is in there? Probably how ton. easy it would be to catch the amount of germs living in New York or in Detroit. I mean, personally, I think Detroit's very clean, but also that has to do with the demographics that. We're going around saying, you know, if you were of this as ethnicity, this weight, heart issues, there's a lot of things that weigh into it. But my thing is, is like, how did this happen? How did this get so big that we weren't even prepared for it? I think it was some sort of warfare because when you think about it, America is the only one really struggling right now. Uh, well, this is the only I don't one know really- about that. All right. Well, who else? Like at least we're kind of opening back up America, and there's still countries that are still in quarantine. Well, they're also hitting it. They got hit at different times. They did get hit at different times. Well, no, not necessarily. I wouldn't say we got hit at different times. I would say that they got testing at different times. That is also true. They got testing. I think when America got testing, that's when we became the most coronavirus-filled country because Mm -hmm. we actually got the testing and we could actually see the numbers in front of us. Yeah, that is true immediately shot up way ahead of everybody because one we have more people than everybody else other than china and india Mm -hmm. maybe russia i'm not sure but i i just i think that's why our numbers shot up so fast just because we finally got the testing obviously we're a very integrated country Mm -hmm. so there's a ton of people from all over and a ton of people coming in and out from all over Mm -hmm. so yeah. I mean, you know what? At least who's to say that we didn't have coronavirus in America bef- way before China told us that, yo, this is a problem. Right. You know, but I know that everybody's doing what they can. I know that like um, I did a story on one of the doctors in Birmingham, Alabama. He's part of UAB and he's a part of a research that is looking into finding different biochris. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But they were telling me about some sort of testing that they're doing to find a vaccine, and what they're doing is they're tech they're taking previous vaccinations 
and seeing there's DNA in vaccinations and seeing if they can alter it mm-hmm. to to help with coronavirus to try like, and get what they were at. They're essentially like reverse engineering vaccines because they don't have time. They they were trying to find a vaccination they're as fast to. as they could, and that's a thing. Is like people are working so hard, and this is just such a crazy virus. Like it's literally from the sounds of it, it's like the walls of your lungs are. It's like a brick wall. I, I mean, listen, I like I said, I've had a couple friends. Um, one of my best girlfriends of all time, um, she got coronavirus because she actually, when President Trump put the travel ban in order, that was actually the day that she flew to New York because she was supposed to go to Italy. Mm-hmm. Conveniently. Um, so <laughs> her and her best friend literally just like decided to go into the city. Long story short, got Rona. I mean, my sister had. She a, said she said that it felt like there was an eighteen wheeler truck sitting on her chest. I can imagine. I mean, I'm happy my sister didn't get coronavirus, but you know, a lot of plans were canceled. I mean, it's good that nobody got. I mean, people did get sick, but people could prevent it. But she had her spring break trip across Europe, and she was she's not seeing the Eiffel Tower right now. But um, a lot of things got canceled. Graduation. My sister had a graduation in my front yard the other day. I think we should we should uh, get some media up. We'll post some of our you know cool things that we find for you guys. Um, but Chad, I think we covered a lot today. Yeah, we did. What are you thinking? Covered, we covered the quarterback situation. We covered if there's going to be football. What's it going to look like? We covered coronavirus in Tuscaloosa. We covered coronavirus in general. It's a good episode. So I hope you guys liked our first episode and right now this is really rough because we're just kind of setting up all of our media right now but as soon as we get everything running we're going to get this uploaded. Well obviously it'll it'll be uploaded for all of you guys um, for you guys to listen and we'll get some social media up there where you guys can follow us where we'll be posting more about what kind of podcasts we have coming up and follow us, subscribe. You know, give us some feedback. We'll give you some ways of checking us out. And, yeah, this was kind of fun. You have anything um, to say, Chad? Nothing. Just be sure to find us on all the socials. This, Talk of Champions. Are you giving Chad. us? Jeter on Instagram. There it is. There's that plug. Smith underscore underscore Julia. Oh, two underscores? Yeah. Two, the more the merrier. Oh. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And, as always, I'm Julia. He's Chad Jeter. This has been the Talk of Champions. And Roll Roll Tide. Tide.